Yo, welcome back to a brand new year of Let My Wife Tell It. I know we've been gone for some months now, but a lot has happened. A lot has changed. But we uh, felt like, me and and my wife felt like we should bring back the Parkers. A lot of people uh, love their their podcast episode that they did, but there was a lot of stuff that wasn't told. And uh, they felt like they should come back and tell a little bit more about themselves and their relationship. And uh, today we ended up uh, doing something different. Uh, my wife is going to be starting off with questions, but then we'll get to the real nitty gritty asking the questions of, what is that called? Tonight's Conversation. Yeah, so we'll be playing a game of tonight's conversations. Kind of go ahead and open up some of our uh, little relationship and other other questions that we wanted to go ahead and start. So, All right, hello everyone. Um so this is just a this or that or would you rather version. So would you rather be with a jealous partner or a distant one? I'll go first. Ladies first. <laughs> hey everybody, this is Tashiana Parker, aka Tasha, aka T. Um, <laughs> and for all who know me, it's um tweet around the neighborhood. So um, I would much rather go with a distant partner than a jealous one. Why? Um, I think that, um, jealousy leads to so many other attributes. Um, it has so many other layers that you're going to have to deal with and uncover, um, where if you have a sane, committed, um, trustworthy Mm-hmm. Distant partner, hey, I like to travel. So, <laughs> um, you know, I think that um, sometimes a little distance in a relationship um, can actually make you extremely close at the same time. So, great, great. That's answer. my take on it. So, I took that totally different. When you said distant, I didn't think you meant proximity, I thought you meant like mm. space in between. Whether it was physically, mentally, whatever that case is. Well, not physically, because I just said that. Um, <laughs> but. Um, well, answer it however re- you interpreted it. Now I have to rethink my answer. Because originally I was saying, I was thinking, okay, I'd rather have a jealous person than somebody I'm disconnected with. Um, but if we're just separated by distance. Well, distant can mean in the physical distance, emotional distance, however you're interpreting it. Well, even still, I, I think I might still go with jealous. And the reason why is because if you get to the root of the jealousy, um, everybody got a little bit crazy in them. It's just about how crazy is your jealousy. You looking for somebody to be like a hood rat, like bust your cars out. See, like, I'm coming up to the job and that girl better not answer the phone no more, Rodney. That's what you looking for, my brother. Uh, unfortunately, I've never had that experience throughout my life. It ain't, it ain't the best feeling, brother. I'll tell you that. You got to sure watch what you say. I can say that I've never I had somebody come up to the job on some BS. It was not me. Alicia? She know about it. She know about it, and it wasn't the best feeling. So I'm telling you right now, not at your job. Bye, (laughs) Ren. Yeah, I've been fortunate in that that area. But um, I think it just depends on how jealous this jealous person is. Because if it's just like, you know, 
jealous where, oh, I don't want you talking to no girls and this, that, another. No. To me, jealousy um, unveils insecurity. And um, I just, I don't think I can deal with a person um, of any level, not in a relationship that is insecure in a way where it's toxic. Um, a toxic environment and jealousy insecurities lead to a disaster. It might lead to your windows getting bust out your car because you know, <laughs> fatal, fatal attraction. You see all these shows that come on there. Everybody ends up dead when you jealous. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> he don't love me. Oh, I'm going to kill him. You kill him and then you kill yourself. And then the baby just sitting in a room. <laughs> Gerard is still the same, y'all. He's still the same. Um, But yeah, I think the thing is, is like, I look at it from a personal standpoint because, I mean, I'm going to keep it a buck. I ain't never been, I ain't always been the most secure person. In the beginning of our relationship, I wasn't the most secure person. Because I wasn't used to having a woman that I like so much being willing at the time. Wear six hitch heels and booty shorts. Like I was like, no, this is this is mine. (laughs) I don't want nobody else to see it. But it took me a while to grow up out of that and realize, you know, it ain't really about what everybody else who look at me because she's a good looking woman. No matter what she wearing, oh, he said all the right things (laughs) while I'm (laughs) while I'm um, nine months pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) So you're having this baby. Can't wait to do that. So, uh, uh, <laughs> so I, from that perspective, you know, that's like a mild jealous thing. That wasn't like a totally wild bus your cars, chase you. Uh, you yeah, but what? it was at your level I, of thinking, though. You you were mature enough to know that okay, I'm attracted to this woman. I want this woman. I don't want other people to have this woman, but I can't control that. So I have to go ahead and be secure in this relationship and in myself in order for it to last past what I want it to. Exactly. So yeah. I think when it comes to jealousy, maturity is always going to trump your insecurities. You have to learn how to deal with it and work past it. So, Yeah, I mean, because you got to think, I would rather have a jealous person because a person can grow out of jealousy, but if you're distant, I have no idea exactly what you got going on wherever you are. You could be in a whole nother state and on a whole nother coast with a whole nother family for all I know. Well, first of all, you know, I look at distance as being distant in a relationship. Now, if you're distant in a relationship, I'm playing a mind reader. You know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what caused you to do this. You're distant. You're not talking to me, but I know something's changed. So you, even being distant some people take that as the relationship is now broken. I need to go ahead and move on. So being distant isn't always the best way either. But I'd rather you have you being distant because if you distant, I'm gonna do just like the dudes do on TikTok. I'm gonna go ahead and take the light bulb out until you start talking to me. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that flat. Oh, you got a flat, huh? Now you want to talk? I'm gonna do what I can to make sure you talk to me. Extra tight. Yeah. So that's your answer, huh? That. No, I don't want neither. You got to pick one. It ain't the option. Man, God gave me a lot of choices in life, and those are not the two he <laughs> stacked for me. I choose not to deal with neither one. 
That is not an option, sir. That is not an option. Hey, man, it didn't say it wasn't. <laughs> so would you rather, sir? Would, would I rather? Would you rather? D, none of these. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, we like to talk, obviously, and we got a bunch of questions. So that was supposed to be a like a... A icebreaker, but we kind of dove into that a little bit. Um, for me, I don't know. I think I would rather pick um, jealous because I like emotional connection. But then I don't know because jealousy might might turn me away from you. So, mm. I don't know. She do. I do what? You know. I don't. You do. <laughs> you ain't answer. What you mean? I know you. I know what you your jealousy. Because jealousy mean that I'm on you 24-7. No, no, Come here, no. baby. You Who you most. talking to? <laughs> Let me check your phone records, baby. That's Who you annoying. talking to? <laughs> I don't want no part of that. Like. My man's so secure. He just love me to death. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can handle you being jealous, though. You can't handle me being distant. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. I'll be somewhere crying somewhere. <laughs> So yeah, you're right. I'd rather deal with the jealousy. <laughs> I guess at least the jealousy is face to face, where distance is um, kind of a little bit of an unknown. Yeah. Um, and no one likes the unknown unless you, unless that fits your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of different types of lifestyles um, due to career, due to ambition, due to um, entrepreneurship. Um, and I've heard this quite a few times, but um, distant won't last forever, especially if that person, he or she is the one. Mm. So distance may begin that way, but um, I don't think um, there's a man who finds his someone um, or the one and it's going to allow distance to be a factor for very long. Mm. So. Mm. You know, Jerron already had his little thought process of you gonna come talk to me. <laughs> so, so since we took our break, man, like, what have y'all been up to? I mean, I know we already mentioned the baby when we wasn't supposed to. <laughs> well, what have the Parkers, Tasha, as we call ourselves, um, from our very wedding day, true, Tasha and Rodney united eternally. But these sets of Parkers um, have been up to a lot. It has been quite a year. We, um, of course, are nine months pregnant, expecting um, Parker Princess baby number two. Um, We have... (laughs) It's a lot of toilet tissue. (laughs) (laughs) You just don't understand. Bro, I just bought some Angel Soft this morning, brother. Man, I got two of them and a third coming. Man, we gonna, I'm about to buy tissue. some stock in toilet tissue is what I'm about to do. You about to be at Sam's or wherever you go to buy the bulk. In bulk. <laughs> we do that now. <laughs> not, not, not like you will. <laughs> we have been navigating life as it exists in this new normal. Um, there has been so many changes. Um, since the start of COVID and getting into the thick of COVID, we all have had our bout with COVID. Some um, of us, one or two, Mm. for me, two times, um, trying to stay safe, trying to put things in perspective. Um, 
trying to evolve spiritually, emotionally, um, and trying to figure out what else is out there besides, you know, just the nine to five, um, exploring different passions, entrepreneur endeavors, um, exploring each other in a way that I don't think that we had the ability to do um, prior to COVID. So, yeah, COVID makes you look at your person, your spouse, for a long time. <laughs> long. Yeah, you got to go long ahead. Long and hard. You got you to gotta map out your day. <laughs> the store only opens at 8 o'clock, but it closes at 10. So I can only go during these hours, but I got to be with you the rest of them. <laughs> I love you, though. I don't go sit in the parking lot, so <laughs> it's no problem to me. <laughs> I love my wife. I think I love my wife. Wasn't that a movie? <laughs> Man, I wanted to go ahead and do a uh, a video on that, like do a live like watching of that, because I felt like that was a lot of deep stuff that was in there. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of the characters are real life characters that we deal with, not not characters, but people that we deal with. Mm-hmm. So, like you two are. Some of those personalities and that was <laughs> I don't think people understand. <laughs> wait, wait, what? I don't know. He likes to characterize people. Yeah, I got Janet Jackson, <laughs> the therapist. Well, oh, no, perfect no, Patty wasn't ready. That's a different why movie. Why did I get married? That's I said, how he I said. think I love my wife. Oh, I think I love my wife. I'm thinking of why why I get married. Yeah. I think I love my oh, I don't want to do that one. I don't want to do that one. <laughs> Even though it might be true, man, you might go through those those times and things like that. But no, nah, I want to do that one. I want to do that I one. I think the reason why that movie was a good movie, though, not to get off the uh, subject, but, but you are uh, getting off topic, so I'm gonna go I'm ahead mind, and allow you to digress I'm for like mind, ten more seconds. Well, so, um, but one good thing about that movie was is it's like you go through that phase where you have to have like this awakening of why you really love your wife. You may think you love her, but when she shows you or you see something, you have some type of revelation that uh, makes your wife appear in a different way, in a different light. It it allows you to say, okay, I think I really love my wife now. Mm. I think that was worth it, sis. (laughs) Well, that's the way to digress, baby. (laughs) That, that was digression and progression <laughs> happening at the same time. Oh. <laughs> I love y'all. <laughs> so, so what else have we been up to from your perspective? Um, just a lot of soul searching, a lot of growing. Um, I think a lot of self-growth, I think, more so than anything. Uh, a lot of understanding that until you grow yourself, and evolve yourself, you can't take your marriage or your relationship to another level. Um, Hashtag that. <laughs> what level is there? Are we into the, into the last dragon? You got to get the glow, brother. You got to get the glow. <laughs> got to be catching bullets with teeth you know, the whole time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like we just been in a, a space to... Uh, do a lot of healing. You know, a lot has happened over the 14 years that we've been together. Uh, it's been a long time. Um, and, you know, we've been through a lot of ups and downs and trials and tribulations. Um, 
And we're just trying to figure out what that path is going to lead us to. Um, and that's where we are. Just really about focusing on growing self to then grow our relationship together. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. I'm trying to grow. That's it. I'm just trying to grow. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to grow. No, I think that that's great, though. You know, like, we've been together, what, 13 years? So we just, like, literally, like, a year right after y'all. And I was telling Tasha the other day, I'm like, me and Jerron really grew up together. Like, I was 19. Oh, yeah, you were baby. Uh, I was 19. Oh, like, we literally grew up together. So. I was only 21. I was still a child. <laughs> Clearly, we both grew up together. I you mean, just made it seem like I was 19. Not like you was 40. You ain't even I met her now. at 18, so y'all. I didn't meet her a day before 18. <laughs> <laughs> she was legal. Don't call the people. Yeah. No, but yeah, I think too, that's just like a big, you You are a different person when you go got all of those years together. So it's kind of like you got to relearn each other, relearn yourself, like take a step back and really like do some self work. Yeah. I think that's great. I think, uh, while back, I had heard, um, I think it was Deion Sanders talking about his relationship and why he thought his relationship was so successful. And it had to do with basically the constant relearning of his spouse and trying to make sure that, you know, as his spouse evolved, that he his understanding of what she needed evolved as well. So I was like... Yeah, it's funny that it's coming back at this time because it's 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 so it, it resonates so much more um, because as you've been together thirteen and fourteen years, a lot has happened over these years that can change us in ways that sometimes we may not even recognize ourselves in in certain instances. So uh, with that evolution, um, you change and what you need changes. Yeah. Most people won't uh, update their uh, their relationships or their marriage, won't work on their relationships and marriage like they would their GPS. It's easy to go ahead and update a GPS, but it's not easy to go ahead and update your marriage. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we start to begin to do the work inside of a marriage, it could cut us in ways we never thought about being cut. You know, I've never... Being with my wife, I've never thought about being shaped mentally the way I have been. You know, looking at how we take care of our kids, look looking at how we see the future. Like we just mentioned that, you know, each of us had COVID, but being in a place where you go to a hospital and you don't know if you're going to come out, you know, that could be scary. And then you begin to think of the longevity, like I'm not going to live forever. So how would my family survive if I was to go ahead and pass away? So again, that's another state or another level in your marriage that you really have to sit down and think about. You might go ahead and think about it when you first get married. Well, if you die, I'll remarry maybe five, ten years. But then when you're with somebody for so long, that five and ten years might be longer because you still got to heal from losing a person that you've been dealing with for 20. Yep. You never know. 
Never know. Well, I'm gonna just tell you, like I I told uh, Tina, if you die, I'm gonna kill you. So you better get all of that out of here. <laughs> um, I, I think there's something that came to mind, and I am uh, was kind of trying to find my phone, which is not near me right now. But um, I heard recently um, was listening to um, a pastor that I often um, that I often listen to, and a lot of it. Um, are just snippets a lot of times that I come across um, this particular pastor, but um, hopefully I can I can actually give reference to his name because um, I would encourage anyone out there to to listen to him. But he um, mentioned something um, in one of his sermons regarding married couples. Having every plan, but a us plan. So we have plans um, for when we have our children and the children have a college fund and the children have a plan to, you know, be football players or cheerleaders or um, you have a plan for daycare and have a plan for um, how you're going to come together and raise a family. But you don't have a plan um, for you. You don't have a plan for your husband and wife to navigate life with each other. And I think so often um, we get married and there is no plan. The next plan is to buy a house. The next plan is to have children. Um, and everything gets planned out. But the time that needs to be carved out for you to grow mm. and go together. And that get lost behind to a point where your plan um, for everything else trumps you. It, it trumps your husband and it trumps your wife. Um, career becomes your plan. Um, children is your plan. Your um, Maybe your organizations that you belong to or those things become your plan, but there's not a plan to navigate marriage. And that was so profound um, for me and being together 14 years and married this year, nine years, um, you don't talk about those, as my, my dad would say, um, those things that you get insurance to cover. Um, those accidents that you don't know are going to come about. Um, the house burning or catching on fire. Um, or any of those things. Uh, a serious illness that takes over your husband or your wife. You don't plan for those what ifs, but you plan for everything else, right? So I think um, Rodney and I are are kind of like have fall victim to not having a plan for us, right? There was no plan for us to actually, it was a plan for us to get married, but not to stay together. Mm. how do you plan to stay together? And that was never a conversation we had. Um, so um, I would say a person without a plan plans to fail. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that so many marriages are likely to fail because they don't have a plan on how they should stay together. So we've come across all of that um, mm -hmm. and, and those nine years of actual marriage because all of those what ifs happen, right? Sickness, accidents, 
um, job changes, career changes, COVID. <laughs> I mean, who plans for a pandemic? No one. <laughs> but um, if you don't have the insurance on your marriage, like the insurance you have on your car or the insurance you have on your house, if it burns down, you know that it's going to be rebuilt. But if you have no insurance plan for your marriage, um, then given a catastrophic event, it's going to be no more. So um, I think that we are, I think in the last two years, we've recognized that there needs to be a plan in place. Um, and I don't know, that was just something that came to mind. Um, again, I want to say the pastor last name is battle, Mm -hmm. but again, I will try to get that reference to everyone so that you could hear, um, and kind of search that sermon up for yourself. That just made me think about like the insurance has to be the dating, the commitment, the, how did you fall in love in the first place? Because once we get all of these plans to have kids, to advance our careers, to buy a house, to, you know, start a business and all of these other things that kind of takes away what, like before you have kids, it's just y'all. So date nights happen, you know, laying around doing nothing happens. But then when you have all of these things that you have to do, then it's just like, I got to do this, 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 and this. But if you never make time for each other, like you used to, then there's your insurance policy right there. Like you not making your insurance payments yeah. because you doing everything else. So I just think about that. And I think um, that kind of creates that distance, you know, like, or making that someone feel like create that distance. not a priority. And like, what am I doing this for? You know, you doing it for the kids, for the house, for all of this stuff. But that connection is missing that was there before you got married and before all of these other plans came into place. So my insurance plan is too high. <laughs> I can't, afford the <laughs> can't afford the deductible. Well, how did it get high is the real question. <laughs> she evolved. <laughs> she evolved. You were with all these kids. <laughs> she got a new mind and a new body and a new taste. All of a sudden, we was with beer money. Now I got to get wine money, too. (laughs) No, but I think that's real, though. So, bro, you ready to get into these questions, though? Let's do it. Uh, So this version of tonight's conversation is the Connecting Couples Deck. Uh, And first question, we're going to mix them up a little bit. We read a couple of them. Nobody answered but me. Here we go. Uh, So, first question: If you could change one thing about me, what would it be, and why? Johnsons. (laughs) Ah, go ahead, babe. Let's go ahead and put it out there. Oh man, you already know. Uh, one, uh, you know, these people disrespect me. I just want you to say something. That's it. That's all I'd, I'd change. Okay. Well, <laughs> I hear you. Um, I think I would just change the way that um, that you see how I love you. I feel like you see my love in a way that just resembles your love, and we don't love the same way. I'm Ray Charles. 
<laughs> I'm t- I, I get see it, or I would change you. I, I don't know that I would change that. I like your humor a, a lot, but sometimes you play too much. <laughs> like she just came at me with this, and we had this whole conversation in the car. That's why I knew the answer before it was even asked or said. <laughs> but you don't. You know your version of it. You don't. You don't know mine. You don't comprehend it the way that I intend for you to. I'm still trying to learn you. I know. I'm still I trying to learn that. you fully. I know what you're going to do before you do it, but sometimes I have to learn you or why you do what you do before That's you do the it. part. That's the, you got to get, get that, that part. I get that part. I'm very intelligent, so I understand it. I'm like, I know she's going to do that. I know she's going to do that. Then when you do it, why she do that? That's I'm still trying to learn why she do that. Mm, interesting. Parker's. Okay, I turn. You want to go first? Um, what would I change? I would. Um, the biggest thing I would change is for you to walk faithfully in the gifts God have provided to you. Mm. Wow! I felt that one coming. See, you knew she was going to say that before but she said it. But what do it mean, though? To me, I hear her saying that, and it's like, it's not even changing something bad about you. It's helping you. It's wanting you to walk in your potential so you can be great. Yeah. See, a question that was in the deck that I knew we should have asked <laughs> was, when your spouse is mad at you, who's the first person to know? And I know who the first person is that knows when Tasha is upset. So you better sit here and let him answer that question and not just jump in. <laughs> Whatever. You have to love Jerry. Yeah. You gotta love Jay. You gotta. Um, but I, the reason why I say I knew that was coming is because if nothing else, my wife is my biggest supporter. Um, and she's been telling me from the start that she believed in me and everything that I can accomplish. Um, so, yes, I, I felt it coming. <laughs> um, so, if you could change one thing about me, what would be why? I think the thing that I would change about you um, is nothing. You're perfect. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, he understand that I'm nine months pregnant, and you know, you gotta laugh, get him laughing life. before you throw it in there, boy. Real life. Yeah. Throw that fastball now. <laughs> Wind it up. <laughs> um, but if I could change one thing, I think it would be um, the amount that you pour into others. Um, sometimes I feel like when you get to pouring in other people, when it's like physically, even, you know, before it was, it wasn't as bad, but it's like, you know, as life happened and accidents happen and injuries happen um, to know that you would be going all out in the most amount of pain possible that most people couldn't fathom. Um, that it kind of bothers me. That bothers me just a little bit. I understand that's your personality, but the fact that you're willing to risk your health so much for other folks, like it just, I don't know. 
it's hard to swallow. Remember that therapy joke I had, like about her. I, hey, your wife got it too, man. It's it's one of the toughest things that we as men have to deal with when you're trying to make sure that you're pouring into your marriage, and they're out pouring in other people, and then when they come back to us, you know, you know they're out there doing what they feel in their heart is right, but then they'll be exhausted by the time they get to us. I, and I think you know, and I'll be real. Okay, um, I ain't gonna put all the pressure on y'all. I'm not. And, I'm not putting the pressure on. I'm just saying it's just something that I've realized. I've noticed. And then when we try to go ahead and get you guys to take a step, so why back, don't you join her? Why don't I join her in her efforts? Oh, I join her, but then you know some of those people I don't like, I don't care for. <laughs> so I tell myself, you know what? God told me that He did this to. Lucifer, he would did that. Michael, he kicked him out of heaven and all that. I just need to kick these people out of my heaven, baby. If you want to deal with that, go ahead, you deal with it. But not me. That ain't that ain't what I'm doing. Well, to yeah. respond back to my um, loving husband, right here. Okay, okay. What I was going to say is, um, as husbands, you know, the same way we feel that a wife needs to be somewhat of a reset for us or a recharge for us. I think we need to be that same thing for them um, as they are out there doing whatever it takes to make, put a smile on somebody's face. Um, maybe it's up to us as well to kind of look at it as like, okay, I know what she just put herself through. How can I help her reset? And, you know, <clears throat> maybe I feel like, is it seeing, your wife as depleted because of loving people unconditionally or seeing people in need and just being a loving kind person and then coming home. And like, for me, I feel like if I come home and I've been out doing whatever I've been doing, I want to get home, but wait, why? wait, wait, don't say that. I don't, that don't sound right. Working. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You ain't no call, girl. <laughs> Don't say that. See this? I can't. I can't take it. I can't take it. But um, <laughs> you know, I get that. It's like you don't. I feel like what I heard you saying. What I thought I heard you saying was not wanting your wife to put her health at risk for other people. Mm-hmm. Okay, but also noting that the things that she does, she enjoys those things. She mm-hmm. likes to do those things. Um, so taking them away would mean what would mean that you get to feel secure knowing that she's not, um, risking her health or her well being. but then that would mean what for her? It's a double-edged sword. That's almost getting that. There's always a compromise. It's just, we haven't found the answer yet. So when you go out and you are involved in your family or involved in the patients that you help and then you're involved in the church, and then you're involved in this, there has to be some some compromise. There has to be some boundary set in order for us to go ahead and, and operate as a couple, as a family. You got to make time. Um, I have some thoughts about that. If it was the other way around, if the husband was the primary servant in the relationship. And what I mean by servant, I mean 
servant leadership. And I mean, as if Martin Luther King was a servant to the community. Um, Malcolm X was a servant in his um, roles and responsibilities and change. Um, Great men have great expectations. And I say men, meaning man or woman, when God calls for a man or woman to rise to great occasions, it is very important that that man or woman is linked with a partner that's willing to walk beside her and not feel that he doesn't have a place in his or her greatness. And so when I pour into, say, family, when I pour into um, my nieces and my nephew and my mom and um, or my, my, my friends or my sisters, um, I see that as a seed that I'm sowing. Now, it's my, I believe that me and your wife share the same sentiments. But it's our responsibility to plant seeds and see that they're fertilized. That is it. Now, we don't get to choose who benefits from that harvest because that wasn't the direction that God set out. God said, plant this seed. And make sure it grows and I'll take care of the rest. So you, you, you just don't know how that is going to be a return in your life. Someone that you may deem undeserving of it. Someone that you may not like. But I have always expressed that I've done nothing great for God. That allows me a favor above anyone else whether that person is good, bad, great, or indifferent. So it's very important to me that Rodney's right. I do work through a lot of my pain. Without any pain medication, without any type of opioids, I see my pain as a reminder that God saved my life. So I take that pain and I use it as motivation He doesn't like to see his wife in pain, which is understandable. But the way I define that pain is more of a motivation for me to continue something that I told God I was going to promise that I was going to do if he saved my life. So I don't get to choose who benefits from my good deeds. I get what you're saying. But when you say like, okay, I might the spouse might not like the the things that you're doing or the people that you're helping, it's because again, your husband may see a phony friend a mile away that you don't even know you got, and you might be the total package. What did he say? You might be the total package, but at the wrong address. So how do you know you at the wrong address? 
either the person that's watching you be delivered over there tells you like, you know, you want, you at the wrong place. You know how I know you at the wrong place? I got a whole list of stuff that I'm telling you right now. You, you, it's not going to work. And then when you continue to stay there and it don't work, then eventually you're going to be like, you know what? You was right. But how much time did we lose? How much energy did you lose? Well, I don't think, I think there's a difference between showing up at one's address and staying somewhere where you're not received, right? And going there and still showing, being your authentic self, there's no one, good, bad, evil, or indifferent, that could ever change the God in me. Oh, I get that. I get there's, that. There's nothing that can do that. And, and what I mean by that is just because I show up at the devil's doorstep, whether you think I should be there or not, I might just knocking on the door and them opening it and me walking in and staying for a while might change the foundation of that premises. I might not stay because I'm not welcome but my presence is still going to be shown. Now, I think it's a little bit deeper than what you're going into, but I personally think regardless of whether regardless of whether um you believe your wife should be good to someone who doesn't be, who doesn't deserve her goodness or not isn't for you to decide. Touche. <laughs> so uh, we're going to try something different. So we're going to try a time limit on our questions so we don't go too crazy. Although we are having all you, all you, All you know why that question came up and then that question led to that. You know exactly why that did. I have no idea. Uh, but maybe we do quick answers. Yes. What are we talking about? 30 seconds? Yes. Mm-hmm. That works. Okay. Gotcha. 30 second answers. And then one minute debate. All right. <clears throat> all right. Go. Do you think I'm completely healed from my previous relationships? Why or why not? I think you're in a process. Um, I think that it's difficult for you to um, hold on. I mean, to let go of hurt. I mean, I don't think it's about the relationship. I think it's about the hurt. So I have one question. Are we talking about intimate? All relationships, relationships or friendships. Just relationships. Well, for okay. me, the way I'm answering is friendships, ro- romantic relationships, all of it. Okay. You said, "Do I feel like well, she?" Technically, could? it should be about couples. Oh, so it's about actual relationships. Oh yeah, yeah. You you completely over that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we ain't talked about your exes in years. But you I mean, ain't thought she, about them in years. Healed from it. Oh yeah, Alicia, she'll heal quick. You go ahead and say something crazy to her, she might cry, but then she act like nothing ever happened. <laughs> so she got amnesia. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hell? I mean, <laughs> you know my heart. <laughs> God knows my heart. Okay. okay, Tasha. Um, read that question again. Do you think you I'm completely me? healed from my previous relationships? Why? Why not? Do I think you're healed? Correct. No. 
Um, I don't think you are completely healed from your previous relationships. I think that um, from the very beginning, your relationships um, had an impact on how you handled any relationships going forward, and particularly the relationship with me. Um, I think who you allowed yourself to be when um, you first fell in love, um, heartbreak changed that in a way that impacted our relationship. And in some sorts, maybe it may not be as impactful, but because it altered your chemistry and your makeup, it ultimately altered the man that I got. And I can't even lie. That is deep, deep. Hey, come on. Now, you know you was going to get that answer when you asked that question. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah. All right, bro. It's on you. I guess it was coming. Um, <laughs> um, completely healed from her past relationships. Um, I can't say that I believe. I was hurt. <laughs> See, the thing, well, well, I ain't gonna say it, man, but I know the answer. I wouldn't say that. I don't do hurt See, in relationships. The thing is, it was she because couldn't. of previous hurt that you decided you never wanted mm. to hurt again. Um, and things that you've witnessed. So, um, do I think you're completely healed? No. Do I think you may be in the process of healing? Yes. Um, because we all are realizing that it's, it, at some point you got to learn to let go of some things and understand that those things are, those trials and tribulations are only made for us to be uh, stronger individuals. And I think you're coming to that, that point. So. so just for clarification, do you think that um, I need to heal from my hurt or... Do you think that I never really allowed myself to be hurt to be able to heal from hurt? I think it's both, honestly. It's a little bit of both. Because if you don't allow yourself to be hurt, then that already demonstrates a callous heart from the video. That means that you too afraid of being hurt because of the hurt that you already had. got time. You see how she just went to a whole therapeutic sermon? She tapped in. Um, it was supposed to be 30 seconds, one minute. Man. You asking these type of questions? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, but that was a, that was a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, next question. What was your first impression of me, and is it still the same? <laughs> Jerron, take it away. <laughs> what was my first impression of you, and is it still the same? No. What was the first impression? Yo, my first impression of you, I was like, man, she's really cute. And then when I got to go ahead, cute. And, you were really cute. Cute. Yeah. Okay. That's it. Oh, what? Hey, she didn't get fine till she got with me. <laughs> Let me. I'm, you grew up. <laughs> I taught her how to dress like that. She put that that perfume on because of me, baby. She wasn't doing all this before me. I'm just saying. Now she's fine. She walking around here, woman. Woman like all doing all this stuff, and that's because of me. Glowing. Yeah. When she was out here, she was dating. All right, your 30 seconds almost up, so you better wrap listen, it up. Listen, do I think, do I think, it, no, no, because I didn't love you when I met you. 
When I saw you, you were so you were cute. I was attracted to you, mm-hmm. but then you were acting like you, you your stuff didn't stink. <laughs> it wasn't until later, later on, when you had to go ahead and get. It's just time up. No, yeah, my time ain't up. I got the podcast. Listen, it wasn't until later until you had to go ahead and smarten up to realize that, hey, man, there's a there's a potential in front of you. You're right. You was dealing with people that didn't even have the potential that I had, and you had to go ahead and let that go until you wised up. Do you want me to tell them again how I upgraded your whole life or no? My whole life. Your whole life. You yeah. came in for an upgrade. First of all, I came was, in for I was upgrade for a cell phone. Upgraded his whole life. But. She upgraded the Ooh. cell phone, but didn't upgrade the technology in the cell phone. You understand? You that? had to get a whole new technology. You understand that was me? outdated. There was I had no to go ahead and get everything. Uh, so. Got a fast charger and all that, baby. Miss <laughs> Johnson. Uh, what was your first impression? Oh, my first impression of Jerron was I thought he was just too gamey, you know. Like he came, I was like, mm, he too, he a little funny person. He he just do all the jokes and stuff. Um, he used to stand in my line at Walmart, you know. <laughs> she thought I was talking her until he I was. was. He was oh, on my okay. Facebook, my MySpace. He was on all of that MySpace, MySpace. Um, but no, I think. Parts of that, I still see the first impression. I mean, one of the first things that I really fell in love with was your eyes. And I still, if I look into your eyes, I can still just be, like, lost in them. So, when I'm mad at you, that's why I look at you. <laughs> when you walk out the room, I'd be like, man, that's why I, that's why I did what I did. I'd be like, that right there. I hate to see you leave. I love to wash you. Thanksgiving yams. Grow up. <laughs> mm. uh, should, should I go go ahead go ahead? Uh, Let's see your version. Which one? The first time or the second time? <laughs> in the same day. No, it was no, in the no, same no, day. No, 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 I'm talking about uh, the first first time. Yeah, tell that story. Yeah, Gompers or the first time? No, no, no. Hey, tell the other story. Gompers? He took it back to middle school. No, talk about the club. Everybody talk about the club. They don't know about the club. Yeah, okay, so what was? I want to hear the the Gompers one. I don't know if I heard that one. I mean, it wasn't nothing big. It was kid so it was like okay yeah. oh she's fine she's the most popular girl in school pretty I much. was not and that in most folks eyes <laughs> um, so that one was fairly simple second one was my I don't even this is Dimitri's is a club yeah. mm-hmm. um, tell that story tell him about the gun I, I, I think he told that one Jefferson, Jefferson Street. Street no he told Dimitris. it after the podcast Uh-oh. so um <laughs> Me and my boy JT, uh, shout out to my homeboy, uh, were in Dimitri's and we were sitting by the pool table and we were just, you know, chopping it up. And then all of a sudden this girl came in and I swear it's like, you know, in the movies where you open the door and like the girls, Marilyn Manson stand over the gate and then like the dress starts flowing and Marilyn Monroe. Yep. That one. Um, Marilyn Manson. Not Manson. <laughs> not Although that his one. weird butt would do something. His brain got all <laughs> twisted. He <laughs> couldn't even. She's, she's still messing me up. Just thinking about the image. Um, mm-hmm, but yeah. she had the whole Marilyn Monroe thing where the, it's like when she walked in, her big old dress was just like flowing and floating through the air. And I was like, oh my goodness. My love. That's Tashiana Summit. Dude. And I'm sitting up there telling my homeboy, like, look. I don't think it's today, but I'm going to get her. <laughs> like, she going to be mine. And as you can see. 
But uh, all that potential. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is, you know, what was the first impression, and is it still the same? Yes, it is still the same. I still find myself, especially when she get all dolled up, pregnant or not, um, <laughs> that she can take my breath away and still give me those butterflies that I felt when I first seen her. So. Mm. Well, his first impression was not my first impression because they didn't happen at the same time. <laughs> so though he had a Marilyn Monroe um, moment, um, he had it from afar because he didn't speak to me <laughs> that day. Um, he didn't say a word. Um, so... We had two different first impressions. They happened at two different times, and they happened years apart. So at the time he seen me um, at this club in our hometown, I wasn't even living here. I was just home visiting. I was still in Houston, and I don't even necessarily recall um, being (laughs) at this this club. But, again, I wasn't living here. So it wasn't until years later – um, where I relocated back to um, Illinois on a work assignment. Mm. I was supposed to be here for one year. So I guess you could say um, my first impression of him has kept me here for the last 14 years. <laughs> so <laughs> he done changed your life for real. <laughs> <laughs> 14 years, now two kids, when I vowed never to get married or have any kids. So there you have it. That's the wrap of my first impression. (laughs) I just want to tap into that one little quick 30 seconds is, it's so crazy. Like, first impressions really have so much to do with physical appearance and attraction. And that's something that, like, changes really throughout marriage. I think that's more important for men than it is women because... Rodney knows that I my first impression of him was yes, he came into one of my stores and he was um in gym clothes, muscles out, sweaty. Um huh? What did you say? Um, the thought off. We go hear it on the we go hear it on the But that's but that but that was that's not my type. Um he was handsome, but he was, in my eyes, stereotypical, a person I would never date. Because typically, gym rats or buff <laughs> men rats. or, you know, men who seem to be physically all together are more about themselves than they are or can be about their significant other. So he was not my type. He was a pretty boy. And um, pretty boys was not what I had ever been into. So I thought he he was attractive. Um, It wasn't until our first conversation that captured um, the potential that drew me in. Mm. And because I wasn't, I'm not a person who is even into the physical in that way. Um, Definitely not to get in a relationship with. So it was more so about what he had to say, um, more so than what he looked like for me. What's the next card? Uh, so what do you feel is the weakest part of our relationship? Mm. 
Oh, you want me to answer that? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say that. I don't know. I don't know if it is support or adversity. I don't I don't know which one I feel like is the weakest. And I don't want to say adversity like we can't get through things together. I feel like sometimes when we're not on the same page and adversity hits, it's just difficult to navigate that. You know, you might be on a different page, I'm on a different page. I think that's always going to be the weakest. Mm. I don't know. I feel like support um when you mentioned that, I felt like that resonated. Um, because I think that there are times where we both can be very supportive of each other, but if it's not something that you agree with or I agree with, then the the support can look different. Um, and also I feel like support, like, okay, if I think about the time where, um, I sent you to the Bears game and I thought I was doing this big gesture and this was going to be this great thing, like, Jerron was trying to watch the Bears game at home, and the kids was, or I think we only had little Jerron. We had Khalil? No, you don't know Jerron. No, we had Khalil, because we lived at the house we live at now. Yeah. Okay, so we had Khalil, and he was trying to watch the Bears game, and he couldn't because they was doing whatever they was doing. And so I was like, man, he never been to a real Bears game, so I'm going to send him to a Bears game. I'm going to get him some bomb tickets. I went to the store. I bought, like, a Bears cup, all of this stuff. I wanted to make a big, big thing about it. And, like, I I wrote you a card where I told you, like, I just want you to be Jerron. I don't want you to be a husband today. I don't want you to be a dad today. Like, I feel like disappointment is the weakest thing in our marriage. We don't know how to deal with that. In a way that brings us closer I think it separates us more And I remember I felt so Disappointed that Your biggest focus was on how much money I spent Versus the gesture And the details that I put into Seeing something That you wanted or seeing the desire That you had and making it Happen in a grand gesture And um I sucked I'm not even going I dropped the ball completely I was more at that point in time, I mean, when you when we look at it, it might have been a want for me, but it wasn't a need. And seeing you as a wife, seeing that it should have been one of the needs for me to go to this game, and embracing that need, I felt like I just sucked because I was more worried about tomorrow rather than the day that you had set up. All right, man, we, we still got bills tomorrow. This game ain't going to change our life. But the money you spent is going to make sure we ain't looking at, hey, we got to come up with this and we got to come up with that. I feel like that's our biggest issue. Because, I I mean, and that's the disappointment. That's definitely the disappointment. I feel like there's things that you feel disappointed in when it comes to how I support you and or the ways that you want to be supported. But then in the gestures that I do do, those don't get acknowledged the way that I intend for them to either. So then it's just kind of like we, like you were saying on adversity, like we on the same, we not on the same page. The love or the intention to show love is there, but it's not comprehended. I sucked. I thank you for saying that. You did. But I still love you. Girl, Girl, I love to see you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna win that, so I just you know I, I sucked. I'm not gonna win. Uh, so to you, Tasha, what do you feel is the weakest part of our relationship? Um, 
<laughs> dog got COVID now. <laughs> Her dog is sneezing in the background. Apologies. Um, I think that um, transparency is the weakest part um, of our relationship in in communication. I think that. Um, well, transparency, having open, transparent <laughs> communication. Let me put it in one phrase. Um, that's it. I think that in transparency comes our true, authentic selves. And no matter um, whether it's good, bad, horrible, I think that we should be a safe place for it all. To lay it all out. Um, if you can't struggle with me, who can you struggle with? If you can't win with me, who can you win with? Um, oh, man. If you can't grow with me, who can you grow with? I'm going to make a t-shirt out of so, that one. Um, <laughs> you can't win with me, who can you win with? Nobody. <laughs> Juwan. That's, that's my 30-second take. <laughs> Um, I was going to say authenticity, but it's kind of wrapped up in what you said. So I think um, though it's growing now, it was friendship. Um, I think a lot of our relationship was based off of being in that stage of infatuation. That Marilyn Monroe thing stayed for a little bit too long um, as I was having discussion with someone just recently um after life happens and accidents happen and and injuries happen if the physical and the beauty is all you're attracted to what is your relationship truly built off of where is what is where's the real foundation um when you got to sit in the room and have to talk to each other when i got to pick you up off the floor how can i do that if i don't know how to connect with you and all I've ever been infatuated with and in love with is your physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, that would be my answer. It's, it's just like, yeah, it's that was deep, brother. Got to take a take a second on that one. <laughs> let it breathe. Yeah, you get, let it breathe. Give it a little air. Yeah. Okay. Um, huh. All right. How many more we want to do? What we got? We want to do two more. Two more. Uh, you're gonna make it some good ones. We're gonna end on a positive note. <laughs> you gonna save that when one for last? When was the exact moment you fell in love with me? I told this story. Okay, tell it again. When she bought me a McChicken sandwich. Wait, what? <laughs> in the past, I've never had anybody care about me. I can care about somebody else and do for somebody else. So again, one day I'm like, man, I got $20 in my pocket. And I really, I get paid tomorrow. I really don't want to spend money. So I'm like, I'm hungry. She's like, oh, well, I'll buy you food. And it was like just that gen, that that gesture. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dang. And then, I mean, I started looking at her like, for real? And I started knowing that I started caring about her. You know what I mean? Then I start actually feeling some kind of way because again after that she took me like to the circus like my wife has always made me do things that I've never done 
My family never went to the circus, and she made me go to the circus. And by that time, we were just doing things that I've never done. She's done them, but she's willing to do them with me because she cares about me having these experiences. So that's, that's when I started learning that I loved her. So, again, when it comes to the football game, I sucked because <laughs> my 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 level of thinking now is not – that we're sharing this, experiencing this moment is that I'm only doing that, but I still have a family. I still have to go ahead and make sure that the bills get paid and things like that. Can I intervene and, and digress for just one second about, I'm, I'm sorry, about the, <laughs> about the football fumble. <laughs> <laughs> she hit us with a rubber. all night, folks. Why? Do we not think that self-care mm. is as important as getting a bill paid? Yes, yes. Um, why don't we interpret um, what we need for ourselves, time out that we need for ourselves, that's particularly, I think that's why vacations are built into great companies. Longer vacations are built into even better companies because they understand that if you have the ability to take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you have the ability to come back to work and, and be a more productive part of an organization. And if self-care is what you need to be a better husband to be a better employee or be a better businessman or be a better whatever, be a better father, why wouldn't that investment in something for yourself not be necessary, not a want, but necessary to your mental health, which is just as important as you being able to physically pay a bill? Okay, so... To answer that in the short term, there is trauma behind how I grew up. So the the answer is, what's my money story? So you can go ahead and go on a vacation, but if you went through something when you were a child where you went on a vacation but then came back and you had an eviction notice on the door, you think vacations are bad because or a forewarning sign that something's going to happen. So my money story is totally different than than I want it to be. You know, I want to have a good money story, but again, it's tied into some trauma that I had in the past. So it's your inability to be able to deal with your past hurts so that you can evolve to see that you are not your past and that you can change your now. And do it, do it better tomorrow. Right. So that's what Alicia said. My ability to to heal. So somebody could do something to me. Twenty years later, I still remember you. Twenty years later, hey man, I might not hate you at this point, but at the same time, I don't forget nothing. Yeah. But that hurts you, and it stunts your growth. Oh, I continue to grow. It's just you my can't mind grow. with a dagger in you. I don't grow with a dagger. I got a scar. <laughs> you got your name right there. You did that. You cut me right there, bro. Remember right there on the elbow? That was you. Oh, okay, it healed. It, it, it's right there. 
but I ain't going to let you come around me to cut me no more. Mm. My, so what my, is forgiveness really then? If we were to think about forgiveness in the concept of being in a marriage, is forgiveness in a marriage like, oh, you hurt me. Let me let me show you what you did. Is that forgiveness? I love you. No, is that forgiveness, babe? I love you to the point where a lot of stuff that you do, you do or have done, I can forgive. Okay. Because I know who you are and where you come from and where your heart is. If I don't know you, I don't know where your heart is, and I see things that you do and how you navigate, I know you, that you're toxic. Because I know that if you cut me, it's going to be an affection, and I don't want to be affected by you. But that's your so choice. if you... We're going to call Elmo. I know we want to keep going. <laughs> but this is a term I learned from uh, my job, Elmo. Enough. Let's move on. <laughs> see, you see how they got on me? You see how they got on me? I appreciate you. I'm saving you, bro. I'm, I, I see, you see how they got on me? Oh, y'all. Oh, oh, you out here with all the hurt and the past drama. Let's talk about it. <laughs> this is supposed to be the good, happy topic. What was the question uh, again, bro? Because I don't know. Exactly the right. moment you fell in love with me. <sighs> well, I remember we were sitting in a car and you was like, I think I got you. <laughs> You remember that? You yeah, it was after say, like the circus. Yeah, you didn't want to say that you loved me. Um, but I think I just I don't know. When I first really gave you a chance, it just felt different. And I was like, this is weird. This is scary. Like this unknown territory. I don't want no parts of this. But um Everybody kept telling you I was different. And you was like, different how? And you ain't nobody that you used to. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I want to take the chance. Anyways, <laughs> it wasn't there. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I can think of when, when like um, you went and got me ice cream because you knew I really wanted ice cream, and you was like not even around. You brought it to me at work. Like that was just like a really big thing for me. Um, when you got me cold stone. Yeah, I did it. I did it for two reasons. What was the reason? Please do tell. Of oh, one. To let you know I cared. Two, to let your ex know that I cared. <laughs> he, had, he had came at you. Yeah, man, come on. You know, I'll buy you a sandwich. I said, well, shit, nigga, I'm hungry too. <laughs> Can I get a sandwich? Oh, you, I can't? Oh, okay. Well, I'll just buy her ice cream. Man. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, Rodney. <laughs> I'm petty. Oh. Let's mm. go. Please. Um, mm-hmm. Save us. You gonna, you gonna go first? No, you can go first. Yeah, I go first. Um, the exact moment. Oh, I fell in love. Outside of Dimitri's. Um, <laughs> let's see. You fell in a fatuation. I don't know about love. First sight. No. Um, <laughs> I think if I had to. He was fooled, sis. He was fooled. <laughs> if I had to pick a moment, I think it was. Um. It was after we had moved into my first apartment. Um, I knew I had liked After we had moved into your first apartment? We didn't move into your first apartment. You moved (laughs) into your first apartment. Technically, we. You (laughs) You was there there all the time. (laughs) (laughs) You were there. Um, So, But the reason why I say that is because. I try not to laugh. (laughs) Go ahead. Let it out. Um, uh, You was there. You know, it, it was, it wasn't like, I wasn't used to 
similar to you, I wasn't used to people doing stuff for me. Mm. Like I never really wanted to allow people to do women specifically to do stuff for me because I didn't want them to feel a sense of ownership over me. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, I'm sure women feel the same way about men, but it's like, you know, women would try to do stuff for me. And I was like, nah, I got it myself type of thing. I, you know, I work, I get my, I get money. I'm cool. I don't need you to do anything for me because you, you don't own me. You're not about to claim me and say, Hey, I bought him this and th- nah, I let me take it back. But with Tasha, it was different um, because I felt like it was coming from a different place. It had nothing to do about ownership. Um, it was all about how kind she was. And it was that plus me seeing the thing that I was talking to com- somewhat complaining about earlier, um, me seeing how much she was willing to sacrifice for others. I think that was really huge for me. Like, she moved to a whole nother state to come home and take care of her grandmother. And for some reason, that just always resonated really huge with me. Um, and that started the process. Like, I wanted to care for someone who cared for other people so much. But yet, you just answer your question. Yeah, we're not about to go into <laughs> This ain't debate time. <coughs> um... It was not in that first apartment that I say I fell in love. Um, I think it was in your second apartment that I think I fell in love. But um, I revealed something to Rodney that I didn't think could be loved. And when he loved me anyway... And it didn't run him away. I think that's when I fell in love. That's when you felt safe enough. Yes. Because be, prior to then, I didn't give relationships, any relationship throughout my my adult life. Had a two-year expiration date. I knew that I was going to exit stage left. And I tried to exit stage left <laughs> um, on Rodney. I did. I, I got the hook in her, bro. <laughs> I missed the three thousand, knocking it out the park. I just didn't want. I didn't want commitment. I didn't want. Um, I didn't want that. It was easy for me to be myself for two years and leave because that meant um, I wasn't open to hurt. I wasn't. Um, that wasn't something I was opening myself up for. So, um, much like you, Jerron, it was due to um, past childhood hurt or the display of hurt um, upon those that I love that I said, Mm-mm, no, thank you. That's not for me. Um, no man will be able to hurt me because I'm an exit stage left before that opportunity even presents itself. So, I never really had any bad breakups because... I was ghosts. Um, typically, According to who? <laughs> Vulnerability. Yeah, well, according to her. According <laughs> to me. Now, if you ask, probably. Well, we're not gonna go there. But um, <laughs> I think <laughs> once I was able to allow myself to be open to love, um, and not run from part of myself that wouldn't allow me to love. And expose myself in that way and seeing that someone else could still love me. 
um, then I fell in love. Church. Um, and then for our final question, what would you like us to do more of in the future? Uh, take trips. I was going to say the same thing. I know that's uh, something that we both have. I know we got one goal ahead of us, and then after that, I just want to start taking trips with you and the kids. Trips alone, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I think I want to do that, too. Um, and if I had to think of something additional, um, I would say I wish we would pray together more. I would like for us to do that. I think that I would like us to um, continue to be friends. Mr. Parker. Um, Exploration into the unknown. That sounds like super deep, but it's not really. It's just like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it did. I was like, say it's, more. It's fake deep. Um, it's fake deep. It's fake deep. But um, basically, like things that you know, a lot of the things that we've done throughout our life, you know, is her introducing me mostly um, because you know, first plane, first time in Houston, first time out of the country. It's a lot of first with her, um, and I want to be able to do more with her that we've never done before. Mm. So. You want to keep her as your first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this has been another episode of Let My Wife Wait. Tell. What? I was going to say before we end, like, what are we taking away from this? Oh, okay. Final you know, question. so if I have to end it like a therapy session, you know. Mm-hmm. What did I take away from this? I feel like there's more discussions that we need to have. I feel like there's more room to grow for us to improve. And uh, I guess I just got to get on my own way when it comes to our marriage. Hmm. Well, I really, I, I really like that you said that. Um, so my takeaway is we need to have more conversations with married people because I think it's just healthy for marriage. And, um, what else? That could be it. Okay. Um, piggybacking for two seconds off of that thought about, um, having more conversations with married people. I think it's healthy to surround yourself with people who authentically want to see you win Mm. organically. And if you keep yourself surrounded with those people who are going to encourage you individually and encourage you together and genuinely want to um, have a part in your winning, um, I think that you'll be in a good place. Um, but for me, um, my takeaway would be um, that we need to, or I would like to see us to continue to build um, on our 
transparency and our being our authentic selves um, in front of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Takeaway for today. I think, um, I think one big takeaway is for me personally, not to um, go off of my own understanding. There's a whole Bible scripture about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lean not. <laughs> Start there. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's, it's about me not leaning into my own understanding and like truly uh, communicating with my spouse to see what something really is about. Because so often we do lean into our own interpretation versus allowing a person to tell us where they're coming from and. Uh, moving in a more knowledgeable from a more knowledgeable standpoint and i think it could be a little bit more helpful towards positive growth in our relationship is there anything else baby my (laughs) wife tell her you know i tried to end it like you know five minutes ago (laughs) no that's all all right well this has been another episode of let my wife tell it i'm your host jerron i'm leisha and this is it. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>